Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Make it in. Talk Recorded live. Good evening. It is the Gen XYZ podcast with your hosts, Mr. Gen X, yours truly, the real Dre. Joining us right now, Mr. Gen Y, Josh. And the motherfucking his owl. <laughs> and MIA right now is Mr. Gen Z. The real Trey. I don't know what the kid's doing, but I texted him, let him know where it's going. So he'll call in eventually, I'm sure. So, how is everything going in the world of the Gen Y? You there? Well, what's up? <laughs> so how's everything going in the world of Gen Y. Oh, man. Just doing it, baby. Just doing it. Going to work every day. Doing a dance for the man. You know? Yep, yep, yep. Living the dream, baby. Living the dream. <laughs> How, uh... Man, hard to believe what all this stuff has been going on the past couple of weeks, but... Or, I guess we... Do things just start running completely together? Whenever you have all these news stories like this with San Bernardino shooting and ter- turning into a terrorism threat and attack, I should say, and constantly news in the you know from the Middle East and ISIS this and ISIL that and hey man, it is all we, we got ISIS on the run. I've got it from a very reliable source <laughs> that we got ISIS on the run. I thought they were a JV team. Well, I mean, he. Well, I mean, we we did draw a red, you know, a line in the sand. Right, right. And you know, uh, just a matter of you know taking them out. You don't want to. You don't want to lump everybody into the same group. You know, you don't want to offend the good Muslims. I mean, unless they're gun owners. Lumping them in, yeah. You know, he's not going to stand for that, for you to offend Muslims, even though they're going to kill American citizens. But, you know, that's okay. Um, you know, I don't know, dude. I, I, I really – it's kind of at a loss for words where, you know, what are you supposed to do? I mean, it, it, I find it hard to believe that they're going to be able to – it's hard to believe that they can even keep up with the people who actually come out and say that they are legitimate terrorists, never mind the fact, of, you know, the lone wolf type, you know, that that kind of get inspired and get their jollies off by acting like they're, they're ISIL or ISIS people, you know, members, what have you. You know, I mean, I don't know how you're going to be able to protect. The only thing you can do is keep an eye out, keep your head on the swivel kind of thing and, 
and just be wary of every everything that you see. You know, I mean, even this even this latest case, you know, the neighbor saw people coming in and out of the, that person's those people's garage. You know, that looks you know suspicious. I mean, I, I, let's let's get one thing straight: stereotyping, uh, profiling, things like that. There's a reason there is a profile for someone. You know, I'm sorry, there's, but there's nothing you can do about it. If, if you're going after a particular person or a particular someone who fits the same mold, fits the same, you know, characteristics, I'm sorry. Um, you know, then by all means, if, if, I'm, if I'm dumb enough to grow my beard out, shave my mustache, and wear a fez walking around the city, then I'm I'm probably going to have someone question me or, or wonder what the heck's going on. I mean, I'm sorry. I know you're not supposed to profile or whatever, but it's just you're a part triggering of me it's right just a now. Part of life, right dude. now, I'm right now. You're triggering me. <laughs> I'm feeling what? I'm feeling very threatened, and I'm feeling very offended by your line of reasoning. If I if I'm yelling. Allah Akbar, that's probably, you know, I probably should should expect to have someone ask me if there's any other, other motives that I have for, for yelling that out while carrying a machete. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, what what do you, what do you think? I mean, is there anything that you can do to protect yourself other than, than literally be on the lookout for your, for your own well-being? I mean... I don't know what else words, you can do. Words to live by, baby. Words to live by. Keep your head on the swivel. Yeah. I mean, honestly, look. Literally, looking out for for number one. I mean, look out for yourself and your family. You know, I mean, that, I'm including family as yourself. You know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when it, you know, when it boils down, I mean, I think that a lot can be accomplished more than say a community effort. I mean, it sounds kind of, it sounds kind of um, isolationist in approach, but mm-hmm. um, if everyone, or I mean, it might sound a little selfish in its approach, but if everyone paid attention to themselves, you know what I mean, and held some type of responsibility for keeping their own you know, domicile safe and keeping their family safe, keeping themselves safe. I think it would, I think it would go a lot farther in expanding public safety than say, you know, a concerted group effort. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things to where if everyone is concerned with their little circle, that the whole area gets covered. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, I'm, I, I've been very individualistic for a good portion of my life and it's just, you know, I've never been a, you know, I've never been a a group kind of person. I've always been, you know, kind of a, not really an outsider, but I've always been kind of, you know, introverted and always wanted to be with myself and, mm-hmm. you know, I don't like, you know, I don't, I, uh, I mean, I can understand, you know, the rationale behind it, but it's, if you're going for security purposes when it comes to something like this, then I think it's just, you have to, you know, you have to treat every person, of course, as an individual, and you have to treat every case, you know, as a case by case basis. But 
I think it just starts with you, basically, when it comes to trying to prevent these kind of things. It's being prepared yourself, which comes which comes with, uh, you know, a couple caveats. It could be, you know, something like a self, self-defense training class. It come, could come with, a, you know, carrying some type of defensive weapon, you know, like a mace or a taser, something of that effect. It could come, you know, a little bit more lethal. It could come to a concealed carry or something. I mean... I think that's that's you know that's definitely what I'm talking about whenever I say you know being concerned you know about your own say yeah. you know your own personal safety and it's you know if everybody kind of was concerned and took you know measures to go out of their way to not just rely on you know kind of everybody getting together when they hear gunshots and tackling somebody or waiting on the cops to arrive you know that's kind of what I mean when I'm talking about the collective you know kind of you know that's kind of a group. You know, it's kind of a group effort, you know. But uh, I so I mean, I think that's kind of how it starts. I think that's how it starts when it comes to preventing this kind of acts too. I mean, you got to think that as society has evolved, I mean, you got to think it's kind of spurned, or so sorry, uh, spurred a whole new type of. Uh, I'm not sure if you'd call it terrorism or a new type of uh, new, new type of violence in terms of uh, people. I think people now in this digital age, you know, you're kind of, you're known through your, you know, online self, and the more, you know, publicity you can get, kind of the bigger you are online. Mm. And, I mean, if you can get your name mentioned on Twitter, you can get a hashtag, I mean, you can get a fucking million people, you know, talking about you all of a sudden. Right. And I think it's a lot easier to be remembered in the annuals of history it's a lot easier to commit an act of evil and kind of live in infamy for the rest of life, you know, for the rest of history, than mm-hmm. it is to do something good, you know, and be remembered mm-hmm. that way. So, I mean, I think it's kind of a new thing where, I mean, these lone wolf and, you know, these, you know, terrorist organizations, you know, terrorist uh, individuals and organizations, I mean, they want to spread as much publicity as possible now. You know, it didn't used to be like that, you know, whenever, I mean, in the 80s, you know, it was a lot harder to spread your, you know, your your brand, I guess, of terrorism. Right. Nowadays, I mean, you're just a click away. What is so it that, I think it's kind of spurred a whole new, you know, brand of terrorism, and they thrive off of, you know, committing acts and trying to get as much media, you know, garnish as much media attention, garnish as much online attention, and garnish, you know, as much personal, I guess, you know, personal ego out of it. Mm-hmm. Well, what is it about the people here that are keep wanting to go over and, and fight for for ISIS? I don't understand that. It baffles that. you, doesn't it? I mean, it's like, it's like they watch two or three videos and don't, or, you know, will watch a couple of propaganda videos on YouTube and take yeah. no time, I guess, to, like, examine, you know, the situation or, like, kind of subjectively look at facts. They kind of just dive right in. And, and do they know, not realize they, that, that they're going to, if they go over, they're going to be the friggin' the ones that they send out to, to blow up? I mean, do they not realize that there, there's not much of a growth plan in, in the uh, ISIS corporation? Uh, there's not much upward upward movement. You know, within the within the program. Yeah, but uh, they got a hell of a retirement package. True, but the problem <laughs> is you collect it in, in a year in a year and six months, and and uh, and it doesn't it doesn't transfer down to your to your family. Um, 
I don't know, dude. It's just baffling how – what is it about them that makes you think they're going to be on the winning side, you know? Um, well, like in a lot of situations, I mean, you know, you don't you don't empathize with them, with like the suicide bombers, but in a lot of, you know, respects, you can understand the rationale for them becoming suicide bombers. In a lot of cases – Suicide bombers aren't the radicals themselves. They're they're individuals who may or may not believe maybe a few of the same things, but these are also people who, in a lot of circumstances, are just are just poor. You know, are just poor mm-hmm. individuals. And these and these terror organizations, they uh, you know they pay them. You know, they pay them, or they pay. You know, they leave gifts, or they promise. You know, there's promises of taking care of family members. You know, right? There's there's promises of you know. Ten, twenty, thirty, hundred thousand dollar checks, you know, left to their family. So I mean, but that never and, comes to fruition most of the time. What's that? I mean, I, I mean, I never hear of any of the surviving members of people who go over talking about the wonderful, you know, thing that their their family member did and, and getting all this money, you know. Oh yeah, but that's the yeah, that's, that's the difference. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. The difference between a lot of the suicide bombers, you know, that you see or hear about blowing themselves up, and it just takes a whole different brand of person to go from a first world existence, you know what I mean, and then to be radicalized and then radicalized enough to go and offer your services to the organization, you know, that you've been radicalized by in a third or fourth world country. And it just, yeah, it just kind of baffles you, I mean, when you think mm-hmm. about it. And what is it to, you know, they send out the, the propaganda videos, but what is it going to take to, I mean, you know, we try to sit here, as Obama says, and, and try to, to not, you know, upset them. We, we supposedly, you know, there's been all kinds of hearings and, and meetings and everything in, in, in D.C. about, you know, they just talked to the Secretary of Defense and they, you know, he said that they're not, he doesn't really want to come out and say what they've done. Pretty much alluding to the fact that he doesn't want to upset, you know, Muslims in, in fear that it'll be a good recruiting tactic if you say that you're you're fighting against ISIS. My thing is bullshit. Flip it on, the, flip it on his ear and if you start showing the fact that you're pretty much devastating their agenda, devastating their, their, their ranks, people are going to think twice about joining them. I'm sorry. I, that A, it's the whole, again, the winning and losing side. People don't want to associate with a loser. You know, sorry to quote Trump there. But, um, but also, how do you, you know, if they keep seeing that it's a, 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 a lost cause, people aren't going to join up with it. It's not going to piss them off and say, oh, my God, America is is attacking these people, attacking ISIS. I want to join them and and fight against that. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the one that makes the difference. No, you're not gonna to want to go get your head blown off by someone from from 300 yards away, or have a bomb dropped on you on your on your on a compound. And chance, I'm sorry that to me. You know, obviously, I'm not thinking in the same mindset, but I think just human nature, no matter what area of the country you're from, no matter what mindset you have, 
if you're thinking about joining a group and then you see actual evidence that that they're getting blasted, you're not going to want to join in that. that. That's just all there is to it, you know? I mean, don't you think that kind of, of applies no matter no matter what nationality, what what mindsets you may have? Yeah, but you would think that them knowing in advance coming from America that America has the number one military budget in the world. I mean, it eclipses the top, you know, the other ten nations behind it. I mean, you know that, but if you don't, I mean, nobody's really seen America come out and, and just blast these people. Yeah, but I, mean, I think they know that they're being drone striked into, you know, into oblivion, and that. But there's also the fact that these people may join because you are blasting them into the past. You know what I mean? Because they think that it's maybe perhaps overkill, because there's some type of underdog allure to it. Because there is that <clears throat> maybe the fact that with this attitude of blasting them into the Stone Age um, comes with the caveat of creating more terrorists because there's a lot of collateral damage that comes with that attitude. So, yeah, but I, you know, I can understand the rationale behind terrorists. I mean, you 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 got to think. I mean, the U.S. was started by a terrorist organization. Oh yeah, but. They're not. I mean, we were fighting against, you know, we, we used guerrilla tactics to go, you know, to go against the, you know, the government at hand to create our own government. So, I mean, we started out, you know, in the same in the same precarious position. I mean, granted. But it was only after, you know, there was an agreement in place to begin with, with us, come, with the, the colonists coming over, that they were going to be oh, absolutely. care of. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's not like England was still helping us out. They pretty much kind of left us out the dry over here. But but the thing is, that's what I'm saying, Josh. I don't think I don't think it's really being broadcast or publicized all that much that America is, is waging much of a war against them. France is France is letting it be known. Russia's letting it be known supposedly that they're they're taking out ISIS. Yeah, but I mean, don't you think that maybe it's? Be, I mean, don't you think maybe it's just because we're getting a little? I mean, kind of getting a little. I mean, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, we're basically getting used to it. You know what I mean? So we think that we're not maybe having the presence that we once had, and and of course we don't. You know, with the you know with the with the ground force crankdown and with uh you know with the reduction and you know overall personnel over there we don't have the presence that we used to but i mean we're still conducting like drone strikes and you know pretty serious you know pretty serious operations in that you know but, in that area so but they're not really even broadcasting that or letting that be known i mean we're seeing yes, i it, mean but just because it's not being broadcast doesn't mean it's not happening but that's what, that, that's my point if, if it was on if it was high-end news if it was if if it was well more publicized that that we're we are obliterating these people who have, have come out and attacked innocent people in in France and and now in San Bernardino and uh, Kenya and Nigeria every all these other places 
all in the name of Islam, if we were to actually show it and, and make it a make it a big deal, man. That's what I'm saying. I don't think we're we're not treating these people like they're big they're they're oh, they're the J V, oh, they're on the run. We you know, like you said, they've drawn a line in the sand, we're not gonna let them cross it. Yeah, but, but I mean they're, they're coming on the heels of a ten year war on terror, you know what I mean? They might be a whole different entity separate from, you know, Al Qaeda and the Taliban, but they are still in that same in that same, you know, classification. So it's I think in terms of like media publicity it's just one of these things that the that the American, you know, public is just burnt out. I think that, you know, I mean I think that they've they're so used to seeing war at the forefront, you know, of their media coverage that, you know, it might be a time that maybe they're cycling through through, you know, a time that you know, in which they don't want, you know, that publicized, you know, with with every breaking story. Tell me this. What what gets what what gets more publicity? American victories in this or ISIS victories in this? Such as Paris and San Bernardino, places like that. Oh, I mean, definitely whenever the terror hits, uh, you know, like a first world nation where it's not supposed to happen, of course, that's going to get more publicity than in a, than either a terrorist act or an American victory in a place in like a war-torn region. Mm-hmm. I mean, any time it touches, you know, an innocent, a quote-unquote innocent civilian population, I mean, yeah, I think that's going to get a lot more media attention than mm-hmm. any kind of act in, you know, the Middle East. Or... And that kind of, to me, that kind of feeds into what we're kind of talking about with these lone wolves. There. See, I think they kind of see, oh, look, they're they're pulling this stuff off, man. They're they're making waves. They're making their name known. They're, they're getting it out there that they're not going to take this nonsense from these oppressive, you know, huge countries. Well, you know what? If we show that it's not going to be accepted, it's not going to be like kind of how President Hollande is is handling in France. They've gone out and just blasted the hell out of those people, man, and and they, as they should. And I don't necessarily know that we're doing as much as we really can. And and to me, to me honestly, we never should have pulled out of there to begin. You do, you don't announce, oh, whatever such and such date. We're we're not going to be there. We're gonna we're gonna withdraw our troops. Yeah, but you got to think. In a lot of circumstances, they wanted us out. They had to give a timeline because the Iraq and Afghanistan people they wanted the troops out. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to think like occupation of any type, allied or enemy. I mean, that just that just degrades the population's morale after We've a while. We've got bases and, and places in 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 Germany and everywhere else, all around, all around the world. Why not have one there? Fully operational and everything else. You don't you don't just pull them out and and just completely neuter everything that you've just been doing over the last ten years. I mean, I mean they're not. They're, they're leaving they're like you know. I'm sure they're leaving operating bases in the vicinity, and they're leaving you know ad- advisement personnel, and they're leaving you know. But think you know, to, I know everybody hates George W. Bush, but think back to to how everything was going at that time towards the end of his tenure in Iraq where we had pretty much the, the terrorists and the and the the old guard of, of of Iraq out of there. Iran was not coming into Iraq at that time. The Al Qaeda was, was on the run out of Iraq. 
ISIS had not started up. It, I mean, it was because we had a major presence there. We were trained, supposedly at the time they were training the, the Iraqi army. Now they've left, you know, once, the, once we were gone for, for support in the fighting, when it was left up to the Iraqis and everything, they pretty much, from everything I've seen and heard, they pretty much dropped their guns and ran whenever it really got intense. They didn't even try to fight back. And ever since then, it's been, it's been ISIS coming in. Al-Qaeda still increased their presence over there. Iran has moved in and been making big moves in, into Iraq. And that's, dude, I'm telling you, it, it, it's just totally just reversed almost the whole effort of, of what everybody sacrificed for over there. And, and most of the military people that I know that were over there are just, they're disgusted by it and, and sickened by it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why we had, like I said, why we had to announce a specific time we were coming out. Give it a, give it, give it a generality, but you don't necessarily have to say, "Hey, everybody, look, we're 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 pulling out now. You can move in right as we're moving out. You can move on in." That, and that's basically what has happened over there. It's yeah, all been for, for nothing. Time, I mean, you can't be over there for two, three, four decades, can you? Why not? We've done it. We've done it before. You think of the amount of. I mean, you think it's kind of funny that we've been over there? They would like it, like it, like if if they want to go back to how it was before. I mean, we're spending money that our kids don't have yet. You know that our kid, that our children's children don't have yet. So I just, I don't know. I just, I find it hard to justify. I mean. Look at what it's done now, though. I mean, I mean, yeah. Power, look at look at where it's gotten us. Look at where all that money has gotten us. Because we left, we we left them high and dry. That ain't because we left. I mean, you got to think. There's been, I mean, what happened to the you know to the training that we put in for one, and where's the rest of the international community putting in their time and effort at the same level? I mean, if it's that big of a deal that the you know that we should be concerned as you know a civilization, then it's time for the rest of the you know humanity to step up. I mean, they should. You know, they well, should help. Hear me say that I think we should act in a bigger body. You know, they should help defend their own country, but or or should defend their country, but. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I, I just I think it's just been all for for nothing now. Um. So how do you defend yourself against against a, a, a terroristic type threat? I, I feel like you know everybody keeps saying you know to take away guns and things like that. I mean, I know it's it, it, we you know I don't want to delve too deep into it because I know we've got a, a great debate eventually going to happen with, with, with gun rights and everything on this show, but I, I certainly again, to me, it, it's more of a matter of opening opening up gun laws, not, not increasing them. I mean, the more opportunity there is to, to fight back or defend yourself, you should have every right to do so. 
And by the way, I thought I almost started laughing because I thought you said to, for self-defense you should carry a mace around and not not have mace. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, no, actually, I was talking about the rapper mace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bad boy, bad boy for life. <laughs> the big spiky ball uh, uh, on a stick thing that uh, the medieval people used. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> but like, um, like William the Iron Shanks. Hell yeah, man! <laughs> yeah, what a what a great movie, Braveheart. Could be one of the top of all time. Not Christmas movie, which we'll get into later. We'll have our Christmas movies later on in the program. Can uh, you explain why it isn't a Christmas movie is my question. Uh, he's going he's just a he's just a cheery man going around spreading goodwill and tidings to his fellow no. Irish, to his fellow Scott. What Scott well, Scott, right? Scotland, yeah. Scott. No uh no Christmas trees, man. Sure. Damn it, you got me. <laughs> However he did light up his uh long shanks or whatever did light up his, his son's uh Oh <laughs> hey, he, <laughs> he just tosses him out the window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get your little, get your ass out of here, boy. <laughs> so I don't know, dude. Um, you know, I know there's been different. I know there was people who had concealed carry that were that were around. Uh, I, there were some witnesses that said that they uh, that were sitting there watching what happened from across the way. They didn't actually see what happened. They heard the noises, heard gunshots, and then said someone walked out, got into a truck, and left. And it was someone that had a concealed concealed weapon on them that was kind of waiting to see what would happen. But, you know, I mean... I don't know. And I, know I keep hearing, you know, a lot of, you know, Obama talking about, well, we need to have... Uh, why is it that how would anybody want to not pass a law to not allow someone on the terror watch list to be able to purchase a gun? Well, because from what I've been reading up on, there's like what four hundred and fifty thousand people on the terror watch list and and a lot of them are not i mean it's pretty much just a random or 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 there's no rhyme or reason to, to why a lot of these people are on there. There's uh, the Steve Hayes guy that was a, a conservative reporter that was that was on the terror watch list and was on, it took him like eight months to be able to get off of the list, calling Washington, calling different people. I mean, how did he even get on there to begin with? Let me see if I can pull that up. I don't know if you're familiar with it or not. Um... But what do you think? I mean, is there? Do you think there should? Do you think there's plenty of reason to not sell guns to to people on a terror on a particular list to limit someone's <laughs> right to to purchase anything like that? I mean, 
I mean, honestly, I think that they should be. I mean, I can't find a a legal, a constitutional reason for not selling a firearm to an individual who is only a suspect. Right. A suspect hasn't been vetted. He hasn't been, you know, he hasn't been given due process of law. I mean, unless you can find a, you know, a solid, you know, solid evidence, probable cause to, you know, mm-hmm. to detain them, and if, unless you can find, you know, some type of evidence to convict them of a crime, then they have thus in the eyes of the law and in the eyes of, you know, society because kind of because kind of well, when you think about it, like society basically uses the court system as its, you know, as its metric of, you know, right and wrong. I mean, when it boils down to it, you know, so what if a court basically says it's right, it's right. You know, if it says it's wrong, it's wrong, legally speaking. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, and until the Constitution is amended to prove otherwise, you are still have a right to, you know, you still have a right to due process. You still have a right, right to be tried, you still have a right to be, you know, <clears throat> you still have a right to, you know, probable cause being the metric in which you are found to be, you know, able to be detained, you know, for something. So just being a suspect alone, I mean, is like being, you know, just a jerk. Right. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just a label that someone can apply to you, yeah. I would believe. And, yeah. uh, I mean, there might be, you know, there might be well-founded reasons for preventing someone to buy, you know, a firearm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, convicted felons, for instance. Right. You know, yeah, that, you know, so some guy that, you know, walked into a gun, you know, walked into a convenience store 25 years ago and blasted five people away and is released, you know, 25, 30 years later. There might be a reason for, you know, release, you know, for not restoring his gun rights. Me personally, I don't think you should let him out of jail if you don't believe that he's going to... That basically he should do his time. I I think once you're done doing your time, your rights should be restored fully. So if you don't think that an individual should have their, you know, their firearm laws or, you know, rights restored, then you probably shouldn't be letting them out of the system because they, you know, obviously in, you know, whoever's eyes can't be trusted. So, right. It's just, um, uh, you know, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a very tricky subject. Right. Yeah, I know. I mean, you kind of just to can't, well, food. I mean, I just can't see, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, you can have, I mean, you're a suspected terrorist, so you can still communicate. You have the right to assembly. You have the right to, Freedom of you know you know freedom of religion freedom of you know or you know the right to you know you know the right to remain silent but the second one nah you know you can't have that one I mean right. this, I mean you can't pick and choose which which you are to enforce and when yeah as far you as know, you have to respect felon, all of them yeah I think as far as a convicted felon though I think you kind of set a precedence of, of poor, poor judgment. Where, you know, maybe, yeah, you're able to live in the general, you know, in the general public, but let's not, uh, let's not really place something in your hands that 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 pushes your 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 decision making even 
even further. Kind of maybe and then you know make it easier to endanger others. Now, if you've already shot and killed somebody, you probably like you said you shouldn't be out to begin with. But you know, I see what you're saying. Um, but yeah, Stephen Hayes is a reporter or, or a writer for the Weekly Standard, and uh, says he believes he was put on the terror watch list because he took a trip to Turkey with his wife on a one-way flight into Istanbul, and then they flew out of Athens, Greece, a couple of weeks later. And he says that he he says, "quote I believe they're flagging people who are flying in and out of Turkey." Americans in particular because it is the main transit point for potential jihadists going to Syria. Um, so because he flew into Turkey, he was put on a terror watch list. Even though he's an op-ed person basically on TV virtually every week. In right? their defense, what was he doing flying to Turkey, damn it? <laughs> Yeah, he's going to Greece, uh, checking out Istanbul. Maybe he needed a new. I mean, obviously. Maybe he needed a new. Rug. Obviously, he was uh, communicating with some, you know, with some illegal peoples. Right. I think he needed a new rug for his house. You know, get it uh, cheaper. <laughs> he needed some good spices. <laughs> um, I mean, I understand it's a bit, you know, odd going a one-way ticket to Turkey, but, you know, kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's, you can't just blanket, there's no easy way to do this. There's no, you know, okay, if you buy a one-way ticket to Turkey, you are automatically on the list. You, you've got to actually follow up with, with solid research, solid investigation of the, of the person. Maybe you want to call them and interview them a little bit. Maybe you want to, check on maybe what other places are going. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if yeah. if, if someone in, in, in I, I guess it will just be the, the Homeland Security or TSA or something like that that will put them on this list, shouldn't shouldn't you be required to do some sort of investigation other than just, oh, he's flying into Turkey, you're automatically on the, on the terror, you're automatically on the terror suspect list. What... You know what I'm saying? Why would you how, do you... how do you not follow up on that? That's how things fall through the cracks to begin with. You know? There's the, it requires... It's not just a blanket statement of, of, oh, you're a terrorist because you fly in there. Let's find out what they're going to do, what they're doing leading up to that point, what they're doing com- coming back from there. Do they have a, a public persona that you can follow up on and, and say, okay... Look, it is kind of weird, but you know we're we're gonna see what. Yeah, but I mean, don't they have to do something suspicious? I mean, I mean, flying to Turkey in and of itself is not a is not enough to give someone probable cause in order to investigate someone's backstory. I mean, why not? I mean, a one way what? Because that that's kind of a trigger. Probable cause. It's kind of a red flag, don't you think? What flying to a country? Yeah, but no. where, where 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 it's almost a kind of a gateway to go to other places like Syria and and, and I mean anyone who flies to it. I mean, it's like calling Atlanta a gateway and investigating anyone who flies through. You know, who has a connecting flight through Atlanta. I mean, 
Atlanta's a little different than Istanbul. I mean, I mean it's different in loca- geographically, but I mean it's still a connecting point of you know maybe Turkey's airport is like a connecting point of you know a lot of different. Places. <laughs> normally, I'm just saying, like, but you don't normally fly in, you know. I mean, I mean, you got to think. I mean, the U.S. has by far the largest population of immigrants. I mean, so more than likely, if they're going to be going anywhere, they're going to be probably coming to America. So, I mean, maybe it's a, I mean, maybe it's a second generation Turkish, you know, immigrant that was here flying back to visit his family. I mean, it's just, I can't see profiling someone based upon just where they, where they fly to. I mean, it's like. It's like trying to profile somebody for where they drive. I mean, it's just, I mean, I understand, I guess. They do. The fact the, that a lot of terrorists may may connect, <laughs> may have connecting flights in Turkey or may have, you know, but a I large. The, I think it's the, his, the, with it being a one-way, you know, going into there, not a round trip. There's not really many layovers in, in, in Istanbul, for God's sake. But but you say you know it's kind of like profile someone from where they drive, but you do profile people where they're driving. If you're driving you? downtown in 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 Dixville here in Brunswick, and you've got a nice car or or you know a white person or somebody coming over from the island, you're probably going to get checked out or pulled over. Yeah, but that's wrong in in and of itself as well because you got to think. I mean, look at how look, look at how many nice cars there are in the fucking ghetto now. Anyways, I mean, yeah, but, I don't I, I don't have access to a Lexus personally, but for God's sakes, there is quite a few people in the hood that do. I mean, right? It's, I mean, I just can't see profiling, and I don't agree with the policy in and of itself. So, I mean, I can't really agree with its results either. Yeah, you got to, though, man. That's all it is. Why? Are you saying policing cannot be done well without profiling? It's got to be a part of it. I mean, it might be a small, minor... I mean, it might give you a tip, but but it's not not grounds to launch a full-out investigation. It has to be... It has to lead you to something else that gives you probable cause. I mean... Yeah, no. I can no, see, like, I can see that, like, if you're scanning for illegal immigrants on the southern border, obviously you're not going to be looking for Canadians. I mean, right? You know, you would do that on the Canadian border. So it's not, I'm, it's not, it's not the arresting factor that just because you're down there doing something. Yeah, or, but you're or, saying or, that it gives them, it gives them like, it, because you fly. Let's say you fly. I mean, shit. I just flew to. Uh, I mean, I didn't just fly, but uh. We, uh, I mean, let's say we went on our cruise. Let's say, I mean, we went to the Caribbean. Say there was a large terror organization down the Caribbean. Are you saying that just because I had a cruise that docked in the Caribbean that I should, that, that, that the U.S. should have access to, you know, investigate my, you know, my legal backstory and investigate my, you know, everyday activities, maybe search yeah, my bank account to make sure I didn't, you know, spend any kind of illicit funds or have any large cash withdrawals in, you know, a Caribbean ATM or on the boat at that time. But, but I mean, I can't see that kind of justification just because I visited, Cur- you know, I couldn't see that. There's not a history of, of that in the Caribbean, though. That's what I'm saying. There but is, if there were, if you're, but, but, if, you're, but if there were, you're saying that that'd be justified. Just because, yeah. just because I yeah, had, just it's, because it's, my it's, wife wanted to go on 
a cruise, and, or you know, just because we want to go on a cruise and get married. But that's just it. Nobody, people wouldn't be going over there for that reason just all the time like that if, if there's a very high likelihood of, of having a terrorist example down there. Just like people don't go over to Istanbul just to go have fun. Yeah, but you got to think, eat like the Middle East and and Egypt and places of that nature, they used to have a booming tourism industry before the Arab Spring and before, you know, there was a lot of upheaval in the Middle East. They say they I've heard on multiple accounts that it has calmed down tremendously, but the but but the tourism industry has not recovered. So I mean you just gotta think yeah, it might that, you know, it might be a product of the time that we're working you know, that we're living in that, you know, someone doesn't visit Turkey that much, you know, unless they're, you know, a member of some type of radical organization. Yeah, tourism dropped well before the Arab Spring though. Yeah, but it's picked up especially with, you know, an increasing military presence in the Middle East. Well, let's talk about the same thing with profile. They're, they're stopping the, the stop and frisk situation in, in New York City. Yeah, I've never Whereas agreed with that either. While they were using that, crime dropped drastically, dude. And now that they've stopped, it's, it's completely started going the other way absolutely again. It's rising again. you got more muggings and things like that going on, robberies. It's. I'm telling you, it, it, I, it, I'm not saying it's right, and it's not the only method of policing, but it, it has to be a part of police presence and, and, and military presence. It, it really does. It doesn't, though. Yeah, it does. It, it, has, <laughs> it doesn't. It's like saying, saying that... What's wrong with stopping for? If there's someone who, who if are you saying that because you're walking down the sidewalk that gives an officer reason enough to stop you and ask for identification? Yes. No, absolutely no fucking way. Absolutely, it should. Why not? Because. You are innocent until proven guilty. The Constitution is put into place to give you maximum freedom and to put, you know, to put limitations on the government's power, not the other way around. It's not to grant you powers by the government. It's to protect those specific rights from the government, from government intrusion. According to the founders, no arrest being made or anything from that. Yeah, but you got to think. According to the founders. You are guaranteed every freedom under the book. Um, you that, have it. You know, so, so many that can't be enumerated, but those specific every, ones every are protected. Yeah, but you got to think they they were thinking at the time. I mean, I'm not you know I'm not going to put words in their mouth, but you know from from various documents, they were under the impression, or you know the way they their line of thinking was. That you had maximum freedom and you weren't to be, you were to be limited to the you know least degree. That included being found innocent until proven guilty. They have to have some type of just cause to to stop you in the first place. That's why whenever you're being pulled over, or arrested, unless they have some type of probable cause, you asking, "Are right, am I being detained?" If they have nothing to prove, you know, if they have no evidence or any kind of probable cause, I mean, granted, they can come up with some BS to, you know, and you know, kind of entrap you or snare you there, or, you know, to, to delay you. But, I mean, they can't 
it's just, I, yeah, I mean, they're not supposed to, you know, they're not supposed to try to set you up or anything, but you're, yeah, you're supposed to be able to go about your business with the least amount of intrusion. And I just can't see walking down the street not bothering anyone as justification for asking for identification by law enforcement. But who's to say they're they're not bothering people? Who's to say they are? And they've got guns. I mean, they they found so many of them with weapons and everything else. What in the state of Georgia? That would be perfectly legit because we have no registration and we have no concealed. You know, we have concealed carry. We have. Uh, and I believe you they can have carry legally in the state of Georgia without a yeah w- without registration, right? So I mean, but you that would re- you don't have to register. You can carry it in your car. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can carry it on not your person, not on you. Uh, if I remember, well, no, we might be no, we might no, yeah, you, yeah, I believe you're right. Uh, I don't yeah, think it's in the car. You can't, yeah, you can't. Yeah, carry you it on. carry, yeah, you carry your car, and you got to think though. I mean, about how many? Well, I mean. That's a whole other subject. I'm not going to get into that. But I just can't. I I don't know. I just can't see justifying walking down the street as justification for anyone needing to see identification. But think about it, though. It's not just walking down the street. I mean, there, there, there's always things that you see. And, and I mean, these, these cops, are they are experts at what they in their field. I mean, they're going oh, bullshit. There is no. I mean, they are trained, but there are very few that are experts. I would imagine. I mean, these aren't people that are trained in you know psychology. You know, things things to look for. You know, these aren't behavioral analysts out here walking the streets. I mean, they might have some might have more training than others, and I mean, training in general <laughs> might be. At a like at a more thing. superior level, but but there's dude, things these, to look for and, and and everything else. But yeah, there's just no reason to not to not have it as a as a weapon in the arsenal. All right, like, well, well, here, well, well, here, well, well, here's like well, well, here's something. All right, here's police. You would think, right? If you're trained to be a police officer, you're a pretty good shot, right? Mm. Well, whenever I mean, they well, whenever they did testing. They found that, you know, on average, I believe, um, a police officer has, like, a, around, like, a 20% accuracy rate, while, like, a civilian has, like, a, has like you know, an average trained civilian has, like, a 60% accuracy rate. And, I mean, this might be an unofficial poll, but, I mean, this has come out multiple times about just how unac- how inaccurate, I mean, police officers are. And you want to give them, like, more discretion, and you want to give them, like, more, you know, leeway. I mean, I can understand giving them leeway and discretion, but I can't see them giving them free reign to act as an arbiter in your everyday life. I mean, I can't. There should always be probable cause. I mean, they shouldn't be able to pull you. I I don't think they should be able to pull you over. Part not in a lot of cases that they can, I don't think they should be able to I mean, blocks. I don't think they should be. You don't think most time there is a probable cause or a reason for them to to, to ask people what they're where they're headed to or anything like that. I mean, unless they're unless they've unless they've been 
you know, aggressive to someone or unless they've been maybe reported to someone, reported by someone. I might be able, I, I could understand a situation in which someone calls the cops and as a cop, it is your job to respond to said call, so you must go and interfere with somebody's life. And I think we should encourage an environment to where we don't encourage people to, you know, use the cops every time, you know, they have, you know, the slightest inkling. You know, it should be kind of a, it should be a medium to a last resort kind of thing. Like I said, I think we should kind of take care of our own problems, our own security issues, our own safety issues. You know, but, um, yeah, just people shouldn't be approached by cops that often unless they have probable cause and something of that nature I think would have to be someone being confrontational in nature, you know, so someone being violent. I mean, if you're just going about your business, going from A to B, and you're just driving through the wrong neighborhood, no, absolutely not. I mean, maybe you live there. Well, then you can, I mean, you can let them know just heading home. What? You just let them know headed home then. Yeah, but why should you? Because they're keeping an eye on things, checking out the safety of the entire neighborhood. Yeah, but wouldn't their resources be better used actually having someone, you know, but you don't know that until you see something going on. Yes, which would be a probable cause. Right. But walking down the street is not probable cause of any type of suspicious down, of any type of suspicious behavior except walking down the street. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm that's what I'm saying though. There's 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 ways to. Like I said, they're they're right there in the middle of. It's not like we're just bringing in people. Well, I mean, from what I've heard about, well, was it? All right, all right. Well, well, here's where I'm coming off of from a stop and frisk standpoint. From what I've heard, it was very ineffectual. They found they found maybe three percent of the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people, you know, tens of thousands that they stopped, hundreds of thousands perhaps, because it went on, what, 10 years? And of all that time, perhaps 3% of the people no. that, they, uh, that they had gone. No, not at all. Actually, I've heard it was it was very high. No. New York, stop and frisk? Yes, Absolutely. No, in terms of uh, drugs, but in terms of guns, no. Hold on. <laughs> You're looking at your liberal college statistics, dude. I'm talking about actual actual statistics. Yeah, no, from what I've heard, it was very ineffective. <laughs> no, it actually wasn't. It was very good in scaring a population into submitting to, you know... Very, very draconian rules. It was very good in targeting, you know, minorities at an abnormally large pace. There wasn't very many people getting stopped and frisked in, uh, you know, in Manhattan. There was there was quite a few getting stopped and frisked in Brooklyn, though, for some reason, at a rate of uh, yeah, in the high or or in the nineties, if I remember correctly, nineties to tens in in terms of proportionality. Let's see. Um, 
Cops in the two toughest cities precincts recorded 99% fewer stop and frisks during the first half of the year, part of a staggering decline in polarizing police tactics from the same period. Just three years ago, officers assigned to the 75th Precinct of East New York and 73rd Precinct of Brownsville stopped just 126 people for the first half of 2014 compared to 10,540 between January and June of 2011. Um, Shootings are up in East New York from 34 to 43 through August 10th, the spike of 27% compared to last year. Brownsville shootings are up 38 to 56 an increase of 50, uh, excuse me, 47% over the same time. That's what I'm saying. It, it's it's led to tremendously higher shootings and everything else because they know they're not going to, there's no chance of them being stopped right now. In 2002, the NYPD made more than 532,000 stops, each of which could progress to a frisk or to a full search. The police found in these instances guns only four, only 715 times. In other words, gun were, guns were found during 0.1% of stops. That figure stands out on whether or not stops and frisks are useful in finding weapons and taking them off the streets. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just, I just can't see 0.1% of, you know, stops leading to, what, five, six million people having, you know, their everyday lives interrupted. I mean, for God's sake, we could probably right now knock domestic abuse down to, down to like nil, you know, down to like two, three percent kind of levels just by installing a camera in everyone's house. I mean, you got to think about it. I mean, think about the kids, right? I mean, you got to think about the kids and what, you know, and what they could do. I mean, you you know, if we could save one child, right? I mean, we should really consider that policy. But, I mean, in my eyes, we haven't done. I don't know about you, but I've never done anything. Like like a lot of people want. They're out in the public streets. They didn't do it everywhere. It It was pretty much a matter out in the public. You didn't go into people's private homes and do it. It's a completely separate situation. Yeah, but I mean, just being out in the public in and of itself is not its not a reason to be judged either. I mean, like I said, something should be suspicious or, you know, problematic in nature. And a lot of, from what I've heard and a lot of the stop and frisk, I mean, they were, they were stopping a lot of the same people multiple times, you know, kind of profiling them and kind of getting no results as a, you know, as a result. I don't know. Those results sounded pretty good. I was I was talking about. I mean, we can make any statistics, I guess, however you want them to make them. But I think the people that were being shot would would rather the people being checked for uh, being stopped and frisked would rather be that than than be shot. Yeah, but there's no guarantee that the guns that they stopped and frisked would have been used in any kind of Illegal or illicit crimes. I mean, <laughs> oh, um, 
I mean, but you got to think, I mean, like I said, if they were stopped in first here in Georgia, it would be completely different circumstances if they were stopped in first in New York City because they have such stringent gun laws. So, I mean, the fact that they're just holding, you know, possessing a firearm doesn't mean that they've done anything wrong in my eyes because, I mean, for one, I live in Georgia, and for two, I'm, you know, very pro-firearm, so... Well, they are. I see, well, York, I can see that they are breaking New York's laws, but I yeah, don't agree with New York's laws to begin with. But it's not. With, they don't. So. They don't stop and frisk everyone. I'm just talking about the actual specific New York law that they did away with, that has led to a 50, 40 something percent increase in 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 shootings. Ever since they've they've dropped they've ever since they've cut it back, crime is, has skyrocketed again in New York City and in the in the surrounding boroughs. Well, then they need to find a new strategy. That that doesn't, yeah, okay. In my in in my eyes, I mean, just that doesn't you know violate. Well, like I said, going back to the you know camera situation, I mean, if everyone would just you know sign on and put a camera in their house, I mean, we could get domestic abuse and sexual abuse and everything down to a bare. But you don't see that as a completely different scenario because that is within someone's household and, and this other is actual out in, in the public. Well, well, here you go. What if they put it on the mailbox? That's right. Because technically, isn't your mailbox federal property? I mean, your mailbox is federal property. What, what if they just get, get a camera at pointed at your front door? And what if they just get a camera and on your mailbox and pointed at your front door? I mean, I don't know. I just, I can't sub- not submit, but I couldn't, I don't know, I wouldn't want to be subject to that kind of observation. I mean, God knows, I mean, we're under enough observation. There's enough satellites going over our, you know, over <laughs> us every day. And no, say, you know, I mean, pretty much on camera everywhere you go. Right? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm fully aware of these, but I don't want to give people added scrutiny, and especially the the system of governance that is supposed to be operating under my, you know, under my discretion to you know to some extent i just you know i just can't see them you know viewing having to prove myself guilty or you know innocent to the law because i've you know been been deemed guilty for the sin of walking down the street or visiting friends and family in turkey or so you know i mean so you're not so you don't think that when when and this was something that even when I was a kid, you kind of had to be careful of whenever you started driving is not get not get caught in the wrong section of town. I mean, it's just it's just statistics. Oh, well, I mean, I just mean, because you got acclimated to it, you know, growing up doesn't mean it was right. I mean, but I, I grew guess. up. I mean, that's just it. I grew up down being having my parents own the lawnmower shop downtown. Yeah, and, and it I, was wrong. I grew then. up downtown. So I mean, I, I was used to being downtown. I, I, but you, you know, should have been on, pulled on over every goddamn time you were downtown, Drain, because and you I were wasn't. in the wrong neck of the woods. I mean, I wasn't, but 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 you should have been. Because get your white ass than, out of there, boy. <laughs> and really, it's, it's more than just being down there. It's it's the fact that the cops see people down there all the time, and they kind of can get a good idea. And I know you you say they're not necessarily trained but they're trained in in everyday life i mean they see that every day and they see the the dude riding around you know with beads of sweat running down his face because he's 
worried about getting pulled over because he's sitting there going to about to go probably buy drugs or something. Oh, I don't mean, get me different. wrong. I mean, if they see the same cat, red Cadillac DeVille, you know, rolling through every day, three times a day, I think that's probable cause. Yeah, like, right. That, that, like, that's, yeah. that's really kind of what I'm. Really, what I'm yeah, trying, that I'm that saying. I have no, you know, because that is an established pattern. That is it's an established trend line. They have, you know, that's that's been proven. You know, it's been, you know, you have evidence because you have, you know, because I mean, in our system, you kind of judge the police at their word. So I mean, you have observational patterns established. You and hopefully he has paperwork to back up, you know, his observations before they have any kind of, you know. But you may before. not even, you may see that person down there all the time, but you may never see them, you know, you may never actually see any sort of specific reason to pull them over. Yeah, exactly. Because you know? they haven't done anything suspicious. But if you see somebody that, you know, that Cadillac DeVille that right, you know, that rise up to you know three hundred one, you know, Easy Street every you know every day at four o'clock, and then rides back at six o'clock, and then rides back at seven thirty. You know, I mean, after a while, it does get kind of suspicious because you're wondering for one, why does this car ride by so often? You know, why are they only stopping by for five minutes at a time? I mean. That mm-hmm. kind of you know does get suspicious after a while, but if it's like you know you see them once a you know once a week at five thirty on Friday and you know you you don't see them anymore, it's just one of those things that this is you know they haven't done anything suspicious. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, like uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm one of these people that I think cops should be given discretion. They should be they should be screened highly, and I think they should be very non-confrontational in nature. I know that there's a very dangerous nature behind the job, but you know that going in. It's not like, you know, you just sign up and you're like, holy shit, this job's really dangerous. It's, it's, you know that going in. So, I mean, Honestly, you have to kind of submit to being non-confrontational in your job. I mean, and, you know, a lot of the new training and whatnot is coming around in terms of this. Yeah. And, uh, but, um, yeah, I just think they should. I think cops should learn. You know that they. I, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't know. It's you know it's a very convoluted subject because you want cops to be you know you you like you want to give them full reins you know to do their job, but at the same time you don't want to give them full reins because there's been so many proven examples of that going haywire. So. Mm-hmm. But I think. Uh, Honestly, yeah, there are there's there's some assholes, but there's some assholes in everything. But oh yeah, yeah, there's plenty of assholes. You know, yeah, there's plenty of asshole plumbers. That doesn't make it for plumber and asshole. So I think a lot of cops are fairly non-confrontational. If you don't know the truth of it, I mean, I think they're just doing their job. They have to be somewhat forceful. Well, from what I'm talking about is, like, in terms of, like, training, you know, they they kind of train them to take a authority, you know, authority, you know, to kind of, you know, use, like, you know, a loud, verbose voice, kind of stand, you know, not cocky, but, you know, kind of, kind of stand, not, you know, in a very kind of authoritarian way. It's just, 
I don't know. I miss the days of a peace officer, if you would, instead of a mm-hmm. law enforcement officer. Yeah. Kind of a, you know, I mean, I know it was kind of romanticized in a lot of ways, you know, the same Mayberry sheriffs that were keeping the peace, you know, by walking the, you know, downtown beat were the same ones that were dragging black kids down, you know, the backwoods on a, you know, pickup truck, you know, in, in some cases. So, you know, there's yeah. a lot of nuance. I mean, there's a lot of nuance so, in the situation. Well, by the way, your boy uh, Rand Paul's on Hannity right now. Oh, is he? Yeah. God bless. You still think he's got a shot, dude? Stand with Rand, baby, to the end. Stand <laughs> with Rand. You don't think you're going to waste your vote, man? <laughs> It'll be a principled vote, at least. Uh, I hear you. Because... Uh, uh, I couldn't cast. I couldn't cast in favor of a in favor of a Hillary, a Sanders, a Trump without feeling totally hypocritical with casting that vote. So, if it's just because I, you know, I can't, I can't get behind. You know, I mean, I was kind of on the fence in terms of is it, you know, kind of an ethical decision to cast in favor a party when your candidate may or may not be on the ticket. You know, and I just. I can't in good faith, I can't in good, you know, in good mind and sound, you know, sound principle cast a vote for Trump in any way, shape, or form if he were to win the Republican nomination, so. You're not going to vote for Trump if he is the candidate? Nah, there's no way. You're going to vote for Hillary? Yeah, I'm going to vote for Hillary. I'll try to maybe go third party, a libertarian, Gary Johnson, if he's on the ticket. I kind of like Austin Peterson if we if he was to win the Libertarian nomination. He's kind of a dude. I can't believe how much he's come back from his ACL last year, man. That's crazy. <laughs> oh wait, hey, oh Austin. Okay, sorry. Austin, man, you're oh, wait, that crazy. Was, that was a suspension. Even though he beats his kid, you're still going to uh, vote for him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I thought you were for violence, man. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking hypocrite. How? <laughs> Going back to the terrorism thing, what about Trump here just getting berated by both sides? Well, a lot of – I can't really count the Republican side because a lot of – so many of them are, are doing it just because they don't want him to be the Republican candidate. But with him talking about – and honestly, I think it's pretty much much to do about nothing with him saying to shut down immigration for, for – I, I think he did mess up saying a, for tar, saying a specific group or specific religion, but I I wouldn't be entirely opposed to shutting down immigration for six months and kind of kind of kind of catch your bearings a little bit, man. I think I think our country's kind of teetering right now with seeing everything that's been going on. I wouldn't be totally opposed to, to just shutting down the borders for as much, you know. Illegal or, or legal period for you know say six months and figure out what we really really need to do here. Do you think? Yeah, but I mean, yeah, but at the same time, why don't you just shut down the airports? Because I mean, there's no guarantee that shutting down the borders is gonna. I mean, unless you're talking well, about, I mean, are you talking about you're shutting down the airports and terminals? About shutting down people allowed to to come in. Period. I mean, unless you have a a specific or a passport that is verifiable, you know, like a returning American citizen, someone who has a, a true 
passport or something something that you can check basically um, that is ver like I said just something that is ver that you can verify that is legitimate then they can come back in but someone who's who you, if they don't have a passport if they don't have the paperwork required to enter the country then they're not getting in right now period anybody um, yeah. I think that's how it works most of the time, isn't it? Well, that's what I'm saying, but but everybody's waking out about it. I don't know. I, again, I think so much of it has to do with politics and, and the election right now, the campaigns that everybody's doing, and they're pretty much getting crushed right now by, by Trump. It's 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 crazy, dude. Um, whatever he says, and he's gone. He's he's increased his lead. In, in different polls right now. I mean, unbelievable. You know, I, again, I'm not necessarily a huge Trump guy, but it, it's it's getting to the point now where he's pretty much just blowing the minds of, of all the pundits and the and the quote unquote experts because every every couple of weeks you hear him say, "Oh, this is it. This is the this is the thing that's going to derail his campaign." And then the next thing you know, he's gone up five more percentage points in, in the latest poll. I mean, it. it I don't know what else he can do. Are you on there? No, you're not on there. Um, you know, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I think again. I think it's kind of a, a, a much ado about nothing. Where he he's just he's leading so much, and people are are clamoring for anything to knock him off off the pedestal that he's that he's hoisted himself upon. I don't know. What, what do you think? Yeah, I just... I'm I'm finding it... I used to find it considerably unbelievable, but I'm considering... It's, it, it, it's led to a realization of where exactly the American electorate is at in terms of, you know, more right-leaning voters and just surprises the hell out of me, to be honest with you. I mean, the fact that I can't, can you know, that I can't, that people aren't willing, I guess, in a lot of cases, aren't maybe informed enough in a lot of cases, or just don't care, I guess, in a lot of cases. It just baffles me that someone like a Rand Paul or shit, even like a Chris Christie or even a uh or even like a you know, Ted Cruz isn't doing a lot better than they otherwise would would and it baffles me because I mean Cruz Cruz is rising up pretty dramatically here. I mean he's rising but not to a level to where he's at a double digit lead above his, you know, nearest competitor. Right. It just it just baffles me that more you know, somebody like these candidates are getting more traction because I mean, in my eyes they are a lot more intellectual. Mm-hmm. And when you want somebody running the country, I want somebody who is, you know, smart and you know, well well reasoned. Mm-hmm. But you know, so much of it is just name recognition. I mean, even even back in the day people were so much more aware of politics and, and politicians in general, you know, I mean, you can name all, you can rattle off, you know, five to ten politicians even now from the 80s and 90s, but it's hard for people to, to rattle off the names of, of politicians now. I guarantee more people knew who Trump was than they knew who 
Marco Rubio or Ted Cruz was. Yeah, but that says something about the American people, not about the candidate itself. Yeah, but um, but something about a lazy ass elector who's not willing to actually learn about their candidate of choice. But it's a it's it's almost a a a subsequence of social media and and people, you know,'s attention span of of lasting for 140 characters. I mean, even even you yourself, tell me this. Attention span wise, when somebody has a Facebook post and you have to click read more, don't you pretty much just kind of say, ah, fuck this. <laughs> Even if if I don't part, like it, like if I don't, <laughs> like like if you're not interested, yeah. Right. I mean, you don't even give them the chance. It's like, oh, God. Or if you have to scroll one time on, on a Facebook post, it's like, oh, geez, screw this. <laughs> yeah, so By the way, don't, I, don't mind the. Uh, Caterwauling in the background here. <laughs> the cat's messing around with the one of his toys. Oh, um, I don't know if you could hear it or not. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot of it is is the it's just the the social media uh, hashtag activism kind of thing. You know, I mean, how many times? I mean, what was what was the latest hashtag that that caught fire? You know, was it? Where everybody throws up a uh, Paris or a France, a French flag over over their over their profile picture, and you know, if, yeah, if, if people want to do that, I I completely understand and everything, but you know, but then the next one comes up and it's like people don't even really talk about it very much anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm about to barf because I'm watching apparently. Uh, Michelle Obama is the next rap star here for some reason. Well, she does co- college humor. She's out there rapping for God's sake. Ugh. God, one more year, dude. One more year, people be out of there. I don't know if it'll be better or not to be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the scary thing. Someone even. I don't even know if we can say they'd be less qualified, but someone at this point in his career less experienced anyway. I have no idea. I don't know. Yeah, I agree with a lot of, you know, the legislation that, you know, or I, I shouldn't say a lot. I agree with some of the legislation that he has enacted, you know, so don't get me wrong. I don't think he's like the worst president in the world like some of my friends and colleagues do, but uh, yeah, he's definitely got his shortcomings. Mm-hmm. And in terms of his economic recovery, quote-unquote, I think a lot of it is in spite of the policies that he has enacted and also in spite of um, and also a lot of uh, unearned adulation, you know, because they seem to... Presidents aren't responsible for a lot of the economic decisions that go on. They aren't responsible for enacting a lot of legislation, you know. I mean, they're not responsible for enacting any legislation, but they can't themselves dictate a lot of economic decision-making, you know. I mean, they can recommend it, and they can try to... they, They can try to manipulate 
you know, politicians in ways in which, you know, gets their bills, you know, and things of that nature voted on. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just can't see giving Obama a lot about, you know, a lot of adulation when it comes to, you know, turning the economy around because, I mean, right. Well, so much of, when a Republican president gets adulation for turning the you know for turning the economy around, he shouldn't be given you know adulation either. You know, it's not really right. it's not really a presidential well, thing. As they say, it you know, it usually takes longer than even a, a four year term. A lot of times for for many of the policies to really kick in. Yeah. Um, Speaking of adulation, uh, I believe uh, Generation Z has finally joined us. What? All right, now listen. I've been on this call for like 40 minutes waiting for, to hear you are unmuted so I can bring my lovely voice to the people. I know they've been waiting for my long-awaited return. I'm sorry I'm late, everybody. I apologize. You know, I was tied up with my other projects. You know, I'm working on your 25-8-366. And, uh, yeah, I've been listening very astutely. Waiting for my time oh. to chime in. By the way, I, in my defense, Hi. your name has not popped up at all until two minutes ago. But this is, I was called in for 30 minutes, and I did look at your screen to confirm that, and I am living talk shoot recorded live. You even heard the beginning? Yeah, heard it, heard it twice. But uh, it never me, indeed. I know. Um, I, th- I thought I was just waiting on. I was just waiting for you to get. You know. On to the next subject. Be like, by the way, the star of the show called in. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Something, well, something wasn't well, diving anyway. Well, I'm here and hashtag queer, and I'm ready to get this thing going. There we go. Well, speaking and of, I think, I think, and I think Michelle can be the next Gwen Stefani. So you shut your mouth. Dude, that junk looks terrible. I, didn't, I, didn't even, I had the sound down, and it even sounded bad. Um, Ooh, so you don't even know. Yeah, I'm sure it was, you know, Queen Latifah-esque. Um, so good? Yeah. Anyway, anyway. So, figured with the, uh, I don't know how many more shows, what do you have, two more shows maybe before Chris? I don't know if we'll have... I don't know if we'll have two more shows before Christmas because with everybody holiday parties and shopping and stuff going on, we we can probably fit two more in. But wanted to. Everybody's always got movies at Christmas time. Some of them aren't very good, but I kind of wanted to talk about them because you know I like to talk about movies and kind of get your guys' opinion on things as well. Um, a what what has to be a a Christmas movie? Does it have to be about Christmas, or does it have to be Christmas themed, or a Christmas have to be a theme in the movie? I should say. Um, and and there are some some quality Christmas movies, by the way. Uh, but I kind of want to talk with you all about them and and see what if we could come up with a little. If there was a consensus type top five or so of Christmas movies that we could come up with and, and we could each kind of give ours and kind of go from there and compare them. I'm down. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm game. Uh, I'd say it has to at least deal with certain themes that are applicable to Christmas time and 
the holidays in general, the holiday spirit. So it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, all about Christmas. It can be, you know, like a miracle on 34th Street or it's a wonderful life type deal. Right. Kind of like thankfulness, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, what about something like um, like Toy nope. Story? Would you consider that a Christmas movie? Because that's how Buzz Lightyear comes into the picture, you know. So. Uh, it was actually Andy's birthday, His and birthday. the end scene in the movie is Christmas. So, well, what about the second one? Is it the second one? Is Christmas? No, there's like there's like an end scene at the end of the first one, and it's like Christmas, that's, and they yeah, like yeah. and they and they get and they get the uh, they get a puppy. This is potato. Oh yeah, puppy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 See that can be if if you see that's the thing about about Gen X Y Z podcast. You're completely entitled to uh, if that's going to be one of your top five or so. You're completely entitled to to have your opinion out there, Josh. Hey, <laughs> hey, you, you know please. we can we can put Toy Story out there if you want to. You know, it's a great movie on its own, but no, I'm not, not me sure. It's a great Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying though. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Trey, since you're you've been the the have not been as involved in the show as you would like, I will let you take the lead on the old uh, Christmas movie segment here on oh, the Gen X Z podcast. Oh yeah, uh, do you want me to throw one out there or uh, give you like my top five? Because my uh, top five's not quite ready. I've got like a top. I got like a top three, and I'm deliberating on a couple. Let, let, let me give you one that I know is gonna. That's gotta be there. It's gotta be there. All right. How the Grinch Stole Christmas, directed by Ron Howard. Mm. I don't know about top five. Is that the new one with Jim Carrey? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's, it's gotta be there. Mm, I don't know about that, dude. It's. I don't know about there. gotta be. Um, it's got to be there. See, here's the thing. They take all the parts that were important and uh, great about the original uh, remake of the book, you know, the, the animated one. It takes all those great parts and it adds, you know, an origin. It adds backstory. It adds filler. It adds creepy faces. It adds a great musical number from Cindy Lou Who. Honestly, I'd rather it watch... It adds sexual innuendo. It's pretty great. I'd rather watch the cartoon version than... The movie version. Alright, so you're not sold yet. Alright. Soft lighting like a soap opera. You know, as the <laughs> Grinch turns. Uh, a city that is more reckless and unrecognizable as a city than the uh, Tim Burton Batman movies. Um, <laughs> Jeffrey Tambor. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, fourth Wall Jokes. I can keep going on here. It's it's just a perfect Christmas movie for the whole family. Wholesome, great, amazing. Yeah, let's go on to the next one here and see. Well, well that's on that's under consideration. How about that? It's under consideration. Okay, all right, I can live with that. Uh, gotta be there. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Okay, now you're talking. Got gotta be there. That's, uh, yeah. that that that's gotta be a top three at at least. I'd say. Because not only is it a Christmas movie, you know, it deals with everything that's Christmas, but it also, I feel so like it could be like a th- it could be like a Thanksgiving movie, it could be a Hanukkah movie, you know, it's got a lot of the same themes that are just uh, synonymous with the holidays in general. So, but you're saying it's a number three, but it, is that your number four? 
No, no, no. I think I'm just saying it's got to be at least the top three because right. I'm j- I'm just saying these like in general as I think of them. All right. Yeah. All right. I'll give you one right now that has to be in the. I would say has to be in the top five. Would be Home Alone. So so Home Alone is there, but not Grinch. Right. Yeah. Most definitely. As I was telling me that. All right. So is that is that suggestion? Officially rated by the American Dental Association. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm giving you to the count of ten to come up with a better movie. I'm, coming, I'm giving you to the count of ten to come up with a better movie. All right, one, two, ten. <laughs> nah, all right, Home Alone's there. Uh, there I'll you, give you that filthy one. animal. It's there. Uh, I'll give you another one. We're going old school here, but it's a wonderful life. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah, that's one of mine. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. It's got to be. All right. Here's one uh, a little newer, but uh, Miracle on 34th Street. <laughs> uh, no. Nah. Nah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not feeling it. I got one. Easy. Easy for me, baby. It is a modern classic. Bad Santa. <laughs> By far, one of the best Christmas movies ever, and it's more my style kind of Christmas movies. I love Bad Santa. It's one of my favorite comedies. Honestly, I don't know that I've ever seen the whole movie. Are you shitting me? That is That's a great movie. <laughs> Not the biggest Billy Bob Thornton fan, if y'all know the truth of it. It doesn't matter, man. That's just a great movie. I that shit. Um, yeah, Bad Santa's got to be under consideration. I don't know. I mean, I'd say I'd like say that. it's right there with the Grinch. Uh, in in my opinion, it's it, it's kind of on the ver- on the edge there. No way, man. Bad Santa. It's on the edge. I'll give you. All right, here's one that always gets called a Christmas movie, but I don't necessarily know if you consider it a Christmas movie. And uh, Die Hard. I was going to say that, bitch. I was, gonna, I was already going to say that. Die Hard. I love Die Hard. Oh, it's, it's a classic. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know if you can really call it a Christmas movie just because it's, it's set at Christmas. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's a it's a great Christmas movie just because it, it doesn't deal with any of the themes or anything like that. It doesn't have, uh, like, you know, those things that all these other movies have, which are... You know, there. It's just an action movie that happens to take place on Christmas Eve or whatever. I'll and I mean, I know there's like there's like things in it like ho ho ho, I have a gun and all that, like things like that, you know. But um, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a Christmas movie. Well, what about that? It'll be like if the Terminator took place over Hanukkah. Hold on, what? <laughs> I said, well, what about that TBS favorite, A Christmas Story? Oh, no. Yeah. Just 24 hours. Ah, dude, that's got to be that's got to be in the top five. No. Just because it's shown 24/7 for two straight days doesn't mean you can't put it up. You gotta, you gotta. Now, all right. Look, here's the thing. All right, if this was like a top seven, maybe. But we got we haven't even scratched the surface on Christmas movies. All right, we got. Okay, what's in there now? Uh, Christmas Vacation, Wonderful Life. Home Alone. How about Elf? 
I, I was just about to say recent movie that I I, I find friggin' hilarious is Elf. Elf's got to be there. And, and I got and I still got one that's better than Elf. Yeah. Go ahead, keep going. All right, uh, hold on. Because well, uh, well, just because I I want to see how deep we can get the Christmas movies before I bust mine out. All right. Uh, my my next one that's got to be close at least is the uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh, or any or over, any Christmas Carol in general. I was just about to say over regular Christmas Carol. I mean, which one's the regular Christmas Carol? Like the old. I mean, that's a good See, question. Because there's so many. I think I think just the Christmas care, uh, or I think just in general, it, the story, the Charles Dickens story, needs to be a Christmas tradition. But I think that hurts it. I think that hurts it in the long run, having so many different versions that nobody really knows which one to put in. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, like I don't know. I mean. People like different things from different ones. Obviously, you know, the Muppets is a little bit more child-friendly. The Jim Carrey one is famous for having, like, that motion capture and the great CGI. Well, shit, shit, since we're on it, that's kind of what mine was. It's a variation on A Christmas Carol. It's uh, Scrooged. Uh, Oh, yeah. Scrooged is one of my all-time favorite Christmas movies, and it's not just because Bill Murray's in it, but that definitely is one of the reasons. But <laughs> it's just such a great movie, and every time I watch it, there's multiple scenes that, like, you know, had me dying laughing, and then there's multiple scenes that made me want to, like, ball my eyes out just because uh, they're so well done. And if I remember right, didn't Ron Howard do Scrooged as well? Uh, he, he might he might not have, I, but... I think it was uh, it might be Harold Ramis, but I'm gonna Google it. Maybe it was Ramis. Maybe it was Ramis. That might be who I'm thinking of. Harold Ramis. Yeah. Uh, Richard yeah, that, Richard Richard Donner directed it. Yeah. Okay, Donner. Well, yeah, that, but yeah, that was just such a great movie to me, and I've always enjoyed that as a Christmas right. movie. That, and it's and it's one that not a lot of people ever bring up. Yeah. That's Another true. confession: I haven't watched the whole freaking movie. In fact, as much as I like Bill Murray, I don't really, I haven't really watched a whole lot of his movies. Now, like, what about Bob and stuff like that? I, I love, but I never got into Adventures of Steve Zizou. I never saw Scrooge all the way through. I don't think um, Groundhog's Day kind of never really struck a chord with me. Um. I don't know. I loved him in Zombieland. Yeah, uh, you mean his five-minute cameo? Yeah, it was, it was, it was a, that's a Bill Murray flick in it. Groundhog Day was a great movie. You really got to watch it because yeah, because it really does have like a lot of nuance and it just the way just how much the days are alike, how much he does differently in all the days. I don't know. It's just he did a really good job with that movie. I'm sad that you haven't watched a lot of his movies all the way through. <laughs> But I love Bill Murray, but I don't know. I mean, especially if I saw him in Charleston, that would be that'd be outstanding. Um, what about Polar Express? No, it's, no. A good, it's, it's it's a good movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, top five, I'm not sure, but yeah, definitely like a top oh. seven, like Trey said. Top fifty, maybe that movie sucks. 
cold-blooded. Like, I mean, I might be biased because, like, it's the only movie they show in elementary, middle school at Christmas time when I was coming up. But it's just, it's just so, it's so bad and boring. Oh, look, a bunch of kids on a train, and they're talking for 50 minutes. And you got, you got Dexter's arch rival voice, nerdy kid. Like, hey, g- hey, give me your ticket. Hey, hey, I'm annoying and I'm a nerd. Hey. And then you got, like, the most boring protagonist of all time. And then they get to the North Pole. And, like, the whole movie is just the one focused. And Tom Hanks is terrible. And, oh, and the thing that really irked me the most was at the end. You're going at wild. The end, when uh, I think I think it was the uh, I think it was the black girl at the end, and she gets her uh, she gets her ticket punched by Tom Hanks' character, you know, and it like says a word about their characteristics, and uh, she's like, and uh, it says lead, and she's like, my ticket says lead. Yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't, you idiot. What? Because you're dead weight like the rest of the people in this movie? No, lead, you stupid head. Jeez, please. All right. Yeah, it's just no, no. I'm no like I think I don't think we're getting Polar Express in the top five, Josh. No, that's, <laughs> no. If, if we if we get like one that's not going to be in it, like each of us get like a veto. That's my veto. I don't care. What about what uh, what about the Nutcracker? Does that count as a movie, or you think nah. it's more, more play? No. Nah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not anyway. Or it's more of a story, you know. Right. What the about nativity, the Nativity? What story? about the modern classic? Uh, Did you say the nativity scene? <laughs> what? What about the modern classic of the Santa Claus? Yeah, uh, I like kinda the second bad. one better. Kind of bad, dude. Kind of bad. You don't really like yeah. them? Not a big fan. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Tim Allen. I'm gonna die loving Tim Allen. All of y'all go fuck yourself. Because uh, me and Tim Allen, I used to watch, I used to watch uh, Home Improvements. Now I'm a last man standing kind of guy. Oh jeez. I watched him when he was like beating women. I love it. <laughs> Can't get enough Tim Allen. Oh, I love Tim and uh, what was it uh, what was that what was that Joe movie? Um, Joe somebody. Uh, Joe Mama. No, no, it was like yeah, it was like a movie he did. It was like, it was like Joe Somebody, where like he was getting picked up by like balls and shit. He got he got into a fight or something, or yeah, got yeah got into a fight at work. Went and go like get get trained by like Jim Belushi or some shit. If I remember right, <laughs> James Belushi. And uh, yeah, it was it was, it was a pretty terrible movie if I remember right. But... <laughs> what about um, I'm looking at this at a list here. What about Batman Returns? <laughs> yeah. No. They got, they got Trading Places as a Christmas movie. I was I swear to God I was going to bring up Trading Places. I love Trading Places as a Christmas movie. That whole fucking scene where Dan Aykroyd comes back just as, just as Santa Claus goes to the Christmas party and starts like stuffing a fucking salmon into his, like, into his lapel. <laughs> I always thought that was a great Christmas movie, yeah. Freddy Plays Gremlins was a Gizmo was a Christmas was a Christmas present. Um How about um the Charlie Brown Christmas special? Now I bring it up with the intent of saying no to it, but I want to hear your opinion. No, I hate Charlie Brown personally. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad I'm not the only one. 
Uh, come on, guys. I mean, let's. Uh, the the Family Guy special freaking Christmas. I freaking love that. I know it's not a movie, but uh, I'm gonna bring it up anyway. That's what we need to do next week. We need we need to do Christmas TV episodes. TV episodes. Yeah, next week. I mean, yeah. You're you're, you're gonna. You're going to <laughs> how can you how can you dog the Charlie Brown Christmas special when he Linus's speech Linus's monologue is 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 right up there with with anything Shakespeare came up with. Yeah. Come on. And they're in the same country, shepherds abiding in their fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Hark! And lo and lo the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. <laughs> and they were so afraid, sore, <laughs> sore afraid. Oh gosh, that's that's good. All right, Charlie Brown's my new number one. How about Frosty the Snowman <laughs> and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? But are they, I don't even know their movies though. I mean, they're only thirty-minute specials on TV. That's true. All right, all right. We'll 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 leave those for next week when we do our TV specials. All right. All right. How about Love Actually? No, no friggin' way. I've never seen it, and don't even think of it as a Christmas. All right, it's piece. got everybody's favorite zombie slaying sheriff in it. Uh, you know, Andrew, Andrew Lincoln. Lincoln. Yeah. yeah I didn't like I said, I never saw it. Yeah. Well, uh, he's in it. Uh, it's not a Christmas movie to me. All right, Nightmare Nightmare Before Christmas. So that's tough. Huh? I think it's a Halloween. Halloween. Christmas. I was just about to you know, say, I mean, yeah. I think it's a. I think it's. I think it's a Christmas movie. I think the Halloween factor cancels out the Christmas. You think so? Oh, you want to go to War Balake? All right, listen here. All right, so like, it's kind of like Krampus, right? There's like horror elements and stuff, but still Christmas. And has anybody seen Krampus? By God, I'm I'm going to go see it for too long. I think it's going to move up into my top five. If you're the I think it's going to be pretty damn. You good. haven't even seen it. I'm just saying it. I, it's got <laughs> everything that could possibly boost it into one of those cult classics. I'm telling you. Yeah. You guys are going to be watching it, and you're going to be like, "Damn, Drayton was right yet again." <laughs> I think they're making it like a cult classic on purpose. And that's why I won't like it. Just like why I don't like Sharknado. You don't like what? Just like uh, Sharknado. Like, make it bad. Oh, no, 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 no. This is actually decent graphics, and it's going to have good special effects. It's going to be much better acted. I mean, the damn... Hold on a second. All right, well, in the meantime, how about we discuss Ernest Saves Christmas? The best (laughs) Ernest movie. You know, God, God rest Ernest's soul. But uh, that's a that's a great flick right there. I've never seen it, but all right, I'm just talking it up. Listen. Adam Scott, Tony Collette, David Koechner. It's ar- it's already not it's already not a cult movie. That's a great that's a great core right there to start with. I haven't even looked at the rest of them. Yeah, but okay, but look, do you even like Adam Scott though? 
Yes. I do. He's damn funny. You, you like you, you like Adam Scott from the Smirnoff commercials? No, I like Adam Scott from uh, what? Step Brothers. Uh, Step Brothers and Waiting and um, hey, was not Waiting, not Waiting. But what was that? What was that series Carson on? Rex. The, no, the one on Showtime with the Jane Lynch was on it, and they catered. They catered different different events and stuff. It, it was. It was good. I don't know, but I liked him on uh, Southbound and Down. Or, uh, yeah, Southbound and Down. Eastbound sorry, sorry, Eastbound and Down. Something Eastbound and Down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I, I mean, he, he always plays just that snarky dude. I mean, he's got that down for sure. He also has Nerd really well down in Parks and Rec. Nerd? Yeah, like playing like a nerd. Like... Like, uh, he can take the same, like, he basically has the same character, but he plays it both baby face and heel. Like, he's pretty good yeah. at doing the same thing both ways, in my opinion. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> while we're on the theme of uh, Christmas, Jingle All the Way. Yeah. You know, Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger at his best, doing comedy. Getting <laughs> the favorite. Ow. Getting the favorite toy for future Anakin Skywalker, Jake Lloyd, <laughs> you know, Phil Hartman, Sinbad. You know, I'm not even looking at the cast. I am memorizing. Holy you know, Phil, shit. Phil Hartman's pretty great. Sign me up. 1995 called. Right? <laughs> so, if Phil Hartman doesn't sell you on this, I don't know what will. I'm going to go and pencil and jingle all the way at a solid two with flexibility to move up. <laughs> We're looking at a solid third round pick. <laughs> solid third round pick. Yeah. I mean it's it's uh up there. All right. Is there any others? Have we I would consider I'm actually looking at the Rotten Tomatoes top twenty five in terms of Christmas movies and it I think it was number fifteen they had uh in in Bruges have have you ever seen that? Really? It it's not it's not a um I wouldn't consider it a Christmas movie, but have you ever seen the movie itself? And that was um the guy oh, it's got Colin Farrell in it. The one it's the one that Colin Farrell won a Golden Globe for. It was an excellent movie. I I enjoyed the hell out of the movie and it's actually really funny. Yeah, uh, it's one of those that have been on my like Netflix list for about seven years. I would highly and recommend just, watching yeah. that. It's actually really good, and it's kind of it's kind of like like it's a like you got to watch it like you got to watch it the whole way through because everything matches up and it's it has a very traumatic ending and it all kind of connects and it's yeah it's a really good movie. I would highly recommend it. Yeah, I've been checking that one out. Yeah, for real, that might be one of the. All right. Another thing yeah. that another thing that we need to do in the future is like watch a movie and you know like rip off uh, Mystery Science Theater and just watch it and comment on it and uh, have, let allow people to listen to it and hear our great comments on film. Can we pull up? Uh, have them sync up? Have everybody start at the same time? Yeah. But yeah, would yeah, it yeah. have to be something that we've all seen once, or we're just gonna kind of watch a new movie all the way through? Because I don't know. I'm one of those people that like I like. Yeah, I like watching. Like I like well watching a movie undisturbed the first time, and then right. comment on it the second. I mean, I'd love yeah. to. 
Yeah, we need to. I would love to watch like Goodfellas or something like that. I mean, that cause that's one of my favorite movies. Oh, yeah. To watch and and to quote for God's sake. I always, I've always. <sighs> Goodfellas. Goodfellas is pretty great. What about Scarface, dude? Are you serious? Right. Yeah. Scarface with that. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was, dude. There's so much to do. Both. Look at that woman, my. <laughs> Look at her. She's, she's polluted, my. To make a. To make a fucking baby with her, my. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the horrendous over the top uh, stereotypes that they have. We can we can judge them as. All kinds of stuff. Oh, right. wait. We um, ought to watch Star Wars with it coming out in eight days, but uh, that's for another day. No, nah, man. I ain't paying $85 for a ticket or whatever they get. No, 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 no. Not, not the price. new one. I mean, like, the uh, the original trilogy. No, nah, I don't want to die. Bored it's topical. Of it's topical. Oh, shit. Anyway. All right. So, let's see. What <laughs> have we got here? All right. Is Elf there? $34 a month. I, I think so. <laughs> Yeah. All right, whose background noise is it? How does that mean? Not I. We're not yeah. running free ads on here. <laughs> All right, let's start with Elf at number five right now. All right, Elf is there. All right, I'm going to say right, Christmas, uh, Christmas Story 4. Christmas Story 6. Josh? Uh, I'd say five. Oh gosh. Okay, so that's five, and what did we say just a second ago? Was elf was five. Elf. elf is four now. Yeah, we can get elf. All right. Get rid of elf or keep it. No, elf is four. Oh, okay, gotcha. Christmas right. story is five, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. I would say. Uh, I would say Home Alone is. See, I don't know. I'll. I want to say Home Alone is higher, but um, I think I think I, Home Alone's uh, like a seven. Oh no way, dude! See, I it's can't agree on this list without one of my movies being on there. Either Bad Santa or Scrooge got to be somewhere on there. I don't know. All right, let's let's are, bump are, everything are down. Neither, let's no, bump no, everything no, down. No, are neither have, are either of y'all in? terms of like a top five interested in Scrooge or Bad Santa. If not, it's okay. I'm just curious. I've always heard Scrooge could be I mean is 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 really good. I just like I said, I just never have seen it all the way through. So I could put that five. Yeah, I'm, I'm going through I'm Christmas yeah, Scrooge can be four L three. Oh gosh, this is already getting suspenseful. No, no, no! It's not to like that. It's just like, I like I don't know. No, no, like, I'm, no, I'm, those I'm are like some only, like Scrooge only. would probably be the one that I think would we could probably get the most consensus out of. Yeah. No, I'm just saying but, there's uh, only two spots left, and there's like so many other movies. Like but, the but, Grinch has to be there. But no, Bad Santa, we can leave off. I didn't mean anything like that. Oh, or, just yeah, we can nitty gritty with two spots yeah, left. We, that's what I'm saying. We can leave. Yeah, we can leave Bad Santa off. Maybe put Scrooge right. fifth. Leave yeah, Christmas Carol off. Scrooge. Scrooge is fifth. Scrooge maybe is fifth. Elf. Maybe Elf at four. Elf four. No, I think Christmas. Let's get rid of. Let's four. get rid of Christmas Story. Christmas Story stinks. 
Yeah, Chris, yeah. So some of my Christmas stories gone. What? Yeah. Funny, Boom. So, yeah, Scrooge and Elf. Two to one. All right, Christmas Vacation 3, then. Christmas okay. Vacation 2. So I could go with 3, because... All right, I'm fine. I'm not the biggest... I don't know, I'm not the biggest fan, but I do enjoy it. It's always, yeah, it's always funny. All right. Um, I'm, I'm fine with that. All right. The Grinch, number one? No. <laughs> All right. Well, where do you put it? 17, maybe? 17. <laughs> 17 movies. 17, 30, <laughs> 8, 8. All right. So that, that averages to about uh, uh, two. Just kidding. Um, All right. So it's not there. All right. It's an honorable mention. How about that? All right. So what's Home Alone? Oh. 11. Two? If you want to play that game. If you want to play that game with the Grinch, I'll play that game with you. What, what's our five? Right? What's our five? Scrooge, five. Elf, Elf, Elf Christmas Vacation. Four. Vacation, vacation three. three. Uh, it's two. a Wonderful Life. Second? It's a Wonderful Life It's first. I think that's got to be first. Right, yeah. <laughs> Mom will be most pleased. I would say Home Alone too. Yeah, uh, yeah, I could Home go Alone with that. Home Alone Two. Yep. Wait, you no, mean Home Alone no, Two? Definitely in New York? Not, no, definitely not Home Alone Two with. Uh, now hold on, hold on. Home Alone Two. Where he's in Alone. New York. Definitely not the, that the, one. The Bird Lady's classic. Hey man, no. the Bird Lady is classic, but I can't take uh, what's his face Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> Eric Stoltz. Oh no! no, no, no. I'll think. I'll think of. I'll think of a uh, rock face. Whatever. Super Rocky. Oh uh, yeah, Rocky. Yeah. Sorry, I got. I got confused there. That could be a movie we could all watch. Yeah, that's true. That's a good one. <laughs> she is hilarious. Uh, uh, no, 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 the original. Think, uh, the original Home Alone in the second slot. How about that? No, Christmas Carol in general. The Charles Maybe. Dickens story adapted to film. Number two. Even though he's one of our relatives, I, I just can't. I think it. There's get, so many of them. Points, man. How about this? Let's put Scrooge slash A Christmas Carol, because Scrooge is a very. No, 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 no. We're setting a bad precedent with that. But it's a, it's a, the similar story. It's the same story. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, never mind. Okay, we're good. That's right. Yeah. So five, and then. L4. Now, hold on a second. There's no way Home Alone's better than Elf or Chris or Christmas Vacation or Scrooge. I don't know. Oh, I, think than, I think it's better than... I think it's better than... I would say it's at least four at the, at, the, at the worst. You like Home Alone that much? Okay, yeah. well, 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 here, look, we can put... We could put Home Alone at four and then move Elf up to three. I'm I'm getting y'all jelly the month of Christmas. Christmas Vacation two. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, Christmas Vacation is number two. I would say so. Yes. No, I would say actually Elf two. Then, if that's the case, Elf two, Christmas Vacation three. It's amazing mm. how Elf has risen through the ranks. So yeah, yeah, like that. So agilely. <laughs> yeah. 
It's pretty damn funny, man. You got to admit. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Christmas vacation is pretty great, though. Fucking elf, a bitch just pulls out a bottle of, like, pancake syrup out of his sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and me rolling the first time I saw it. And it's just is so... He plays... Farrell plays that innocent character so well. Better than Macaulay Culkin, I would say. Macaulay's not... He, he's Macaulay learned street smarts, man. Come on. Sure. Okay. Well, I mean, I enjoyed that movie just growing up with that movie, but also it's a lot more than just a comedy, too, with Home Alone. It's like, you know, it's actually got some emotion in it, you know, when his mom's like, when they're actually in the airport trying to get back to him, you know, there was actually quite a bit of emotion that was played into those things. Oh, yeah. John Candy's quite the dramatic got, actor. Exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, you got John yeah. Candy giving him a ride home, and then you got, you know, the scenes with, uh, with him going down to the church and interacting with the old man, you know, with the salt and stuff. And, it was, you know, it was a really good, you know, it was a, like, heartfelt movie. It was, a, you know, kind of a family heartfelt movie. So I can kind of dig it. But how is it, how, how do those guys not, I mean, most of the things he does to those guys, they would be dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, like a paint can to the forehead <laughs> yeah. from a second story. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking nails going through the guy's yeah. bare foot. I mean, it's it's <laughs> setting setting Joe Pesci's hair on fire for God's sake. Hey, watch the air, pal. <laughs> I would love if uh, Tommy from Goodfellas was the character being played rather than uh, whatever Joe Schmo's gold tooth jabroni Joe Pesci's playing in this movie. Jabroni. Hey, get it. hey, Trey, check it out. Joe Pesci opens the door, and then the the flamethrower goes off, and he goes, "Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> and that's our show. Thank you for listening. Oh, that's great. Oh no. Oh, and then and then oh, stupid head with us. Stupid tall guys like in the phone booth just <laughs> banging the phone on the on the hook. <laughs> yeah, we need to watch good fellows sometimes. Um, all right. Number one, it's a wonderful life. Number two Christmas vacation. Christmas vacation, number three elf, number yeah. four. Number four, Christmas. Uh, number four was Home Alone, and number five is Christmas Carol slash Scrooge. This is a good list. This is a good list. Good to go. I, yeah. feel, I feel like if, I feel like if you watched any of these movies, you would be in the holiday spirit immediately. Immediately. Even if it's it's March 5th, my birthday, you would be in the Christmas spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. These these are, yeah. I feel like this is it. This is the list. All all the other ones are like, they're bad or they they suck. Then uh, this this is it. This is it. All right. All right. Good consensus. We ended up agreeing. To, to to move things down, there needs to. Yes. Con- Congress in the Middle East could learn a thing or two about uh, 
from from listening to us on 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 you know agreeing coming to a general consensus on on decision making <laughs> by listening to the Gen, you know by by listening to the Gen X Y Z podcast. A little Henry Clay action, the great compromiser, you know, two thirds compromise. <laughs> All that the three fifths compromise, you know, it's good. We we are good at, it. and I feel like this makes a good uh, marathon too. Uh, you know, you watch the Christmas Carol. You know, you start out because we're all kind of Scroogeish, early December, right. late November. You know, and that puts you right in that Christmas high. You watch Home Alone next. Right. Uh, no, 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 no. Christmas Vacation next. No. It kind of, it kind of, it kind of. No, 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 no. Okay, Home Alone next. All right, Home Alone. So you watch Home Alone, you know, you're kind of depressed, you know, because Christmas is so far away, just like McCulloch Hogan's depressed that his family's gone. You know, you watch the movies, you peek at some creepy guy, and you get put right back in that holiday spirit after a couple chuckles, right? And then Elf, you know, that that is just good <clears throat> stuff right there. That lifts your spirits. It lifts your spirits. It really does. Just, bye, buddy, hope you find your dad. Thanks, <laughs> Mr. Narwhal. It's good stuff. Christmas vacation, I ain't got to say anything. And then... You cap it off with the Christmas movie of Christmas movies. It's Wonderful Life. Yep. Boom. That's 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 that is good. Suck it, TBS. Merry Christmas. Boom, baby. One and all. <laughs> all right, boys and girls. I think that wraps it up for this evening. Oh wow. Pretty quick time, huh? Yeah. Good discussion. Feels like I was only here for thirty minutes. Good back and forth. Uh, Trey, who, who who won the earlier discussion, by the way? Are you going to stop and Which frisk earlier? first? Which earlier discussion? The stop and frisk and uh, all that kind of good stuff. I think I tuned in right at the tail end of that where you were talking about uh, living downtown and all that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would say the listener won. You're maybe a little smarter, <laughs> a little wiser. <laughs> nice. Maybe. Maybe you don't go to the same location for five minutes at a time, three times a day, every day, and yeah, then you don't get stopped and frisked. Don't get those beads of sweat down your face. <laughs> That's good answer. Yeah. All right. Everybody, until next week, give us a follow at Gen XYZ Podcast. Give me a follow at The Real Dre, at J underscore Neil, and at I Am The Real Trace. What's up? Join us next week as we uh, rank the top five greatest Kwanzaa slash Tyler Perry movies. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody should go see Krampus, I think, and we'll discuss it next week. Indeed. <laughs> I'm seeing Star Wars next week, so... Uh, oh, that's sorry. right. Oh, yeah, we'll have yeah. To, uh, you'll have to bootleg it for us and we can watch it. I was going to say, yeah. well, that, and you know he can't afford... <laughs> with his paycheck to go see two movies in one week and that's gonna weigh <laughs> too much. This is true. Yeah. Are I you had going, uh I had two D like a way? poor person. Am I what? I was gonna say are you going to see three D? Oh yeah, no, I I had to do two D like a poor person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a All savage. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, animal. Until next week. See you. Bye.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.